It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good evening and welcome to It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans. For Leicester City fans, we're joined tonight by Aidan. You're making a long-awaited return. It's been a while. How are you? hasn't been that long, has it? Um, maybe it has. Uh, pretty good, Mark. Pretty good. I was a bit disappointed. Well, very gutted. I was training for the Belfast Marathon, but I've torn my calf muscle on Wednesday. So, I'm out. Too old. That's all Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy and, the, and Johnny Evans on the on the far side of being on being on my prime. You're a bit older than them though, aren't you? Just slightly, like not that much. I'm only 36. <laughs> uh Tom, you're next to him. You almost again look like the Mitchell brothers on my, my computer screen tonight. But how's things for you? How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I'm I'm knackered. Good God, we've been decorating again, you know, out of the houses. So um yeah, all right. Um and of course, we uh, gave Randers a good smashing, didn't we? So. Well, we'll come on to that. Uh, Aaron has joined us as well, our Bristol City fan. He's uh, made a return to 11 side football today. Aidan, no uh, no torn calf muscles there. How are you, Aaron? I'm still dying, though. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> suffering. I'm definitely suffering. But apart from that, well, we did win 5 0. So as a centre back, a clean sheet is decent. So, yeah, decent day what's, in that sense. What's a clean sheet? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you would know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need to bear with us on that one. We're also joined tonight by deputy editor of Four Four Two Magazine, Joe Bruin. Joe, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Well, I haven't been training for a marathon. I haven't been decorating, and I haven't been playing eleven inside football. But I have been looking after my little boy today, so I'm knackered as well. So, <laughs> just this a like... tired, tired bunch of men, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's us on a Sunday night. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you, you being here. You're a Leicester City fan, aren't you? How did that all begin for you? 
Well, that's where I'm from. It's where my, I mean, to be, to be honest, my mum and dad don't, don't actually like football. Um, so I, I got into it through my uncle, thankfully, who took me to Filbert Street when I was little. Um, I mean, I was, I was born in 91, so I don't know whether that makes me the youngest here. Probably. Um, oh, I'm 91 yeah, as well. Yeah. You're 91 yeah. as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a good time to get into Leicester, uh, you know, the tail end of the 90s when things were going well. Uh, and then it very quickly declined, didn't it? Until it got better again. So it's kind of seen everything, haven't you, in that, in that, in that time frame? I don't know how many Wembley trips there were in the 90s off the top of my head, but uh, was a I few. did get to go to one of them. And so, yeah, there was a few, weren't there? So, yeah. It was 92 versus Blackburn, 93 Swindon, 94 Derby, 96 Middlesbrough, uh, Crystal Palace, mm-hmm. 97 Middlesbrough, 99 Tranmere. They're, they're the ones off the top yeah. of my head, I think. Yeah, and then <laughs> I'm going to two thousand. Yeah, we'll play a quiz on this show in a bit, Joe. So you're going to need to know your stuff if you're going to keep up with us. Yeah. But you are right, okay. you're working for for four four two deputy editor. How, how did you get into journalism, and, and where's that taking you so far? Well, when I when I was younger, I always always read four four two. It was my magazine of choice, uh, and I always wanted to work there. Um, so I went to uni. It's pretty boring route to be honest with you. I went to uni. I did sport journalism at Brighton, um, which was fun. Um, I did a lot of work experience at 442. You know, if, if you offer yourself for free, then the chances are they're going to take you back uh, if they if, if they don't find you too annoying. So, uh, I, luckily, I kept in touch. Um, I did a year's work placement at Arsenal, uh, which was quite very handy when I was at uni. Uh, I was a junior reporter there. So as soon as I graduated, there was luckily some jobs going up 442. Um, and I've just kind of hung around long enough um, <laughs> not to get sacked for that long. And uh, yeah, and now now kind of deputy editor, which is which has been great. So it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's been a great place to work. We'd love to see Foxes doing well as well. So, uh, we're, you know, speaking on behalf of the fan base, we're all, all proud of you doing that, that role over there. Um, in terms of <laughs> your, you. your knowledge of Leicester at the moment, obviously I was on a showed me a few weeks ago where we spoke around uh, how things were going, but it, it's not been easy this season for us so far, has it? Yeah, you could say that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a bastion of positivity on tonight, I've got to say, but equally, I'm, I feel quite relaxed about this season, to be honest. I just feel like after everything that we've been treated to over the last few years, I think we've, we've been due a, Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, if you want. Okay, we've been, we've been due a shit one, haven't we? So... Um, you know, I'm kind of taking it as it comes, really. And, yeah, it's not been great. And I can't wait for it to be finished, to be quite honest with you. Because <laughs> I think we I think we need the summer. We need it to rebuild now and just to reset the clock. Um, I'm, I'm much more positive about next season already because I just think, you know, I, I feel like this is our rock bottom. I, yeah. I don't feel, I, I don't think it's too big-headed to say I don't think we're going to be embroiled in, at the bottom anywhere. But we do kind of need this one well, just to, to get through and, and get over it now. We'll come on to that as we, we go through the show because we are getting dragged in a little bit. But, Tom, let's talk about Randers, uh, the team from Denmark that actually gave us a bit of a pasting on Thursday night for large periods of the game. We ran out 3-1 winners. What was your view on the game? Yeah, unfortunately, I only caught the, the uh, first half. Um, but, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, good start, obviously, with Barnes bursting down the wing. And uh, giving us another classic Barnes goal, really, the way he does, you know, swinging it into the bottom corner. Um, but, good God, we, we look weak, don't we? We really do. Like, I know 
the mentality must have been right. This is a game that we can go out, have a bit of fun, get get some goals in, and attack a bit. Um, but the space that we left at the back was just painful to watch, and you're just thinking, are we going to kind of take that back into the Premier League as we have done? Yeah. Aidan, I know you were watching the game because you ruined that first goal for me. So you must have been watching, uh, not on the BT Sport app like I was, but thanks for giving us the premonition that Harvey Barnes was going to score in the second minute. And Apologies. Ha- it, it was a quick start. Apologies, Mark. It was a quick start. Yeah, it was a good start. Treated to the Leicester that we know and love. Uh, well, no, it was, it was a good start. Barnes took his goal really well. Um, obviously, the central defender was slow to come across, but he, he did the job well. Um, and I guess, I mean, what what's, what exactly are you asking me, Mark? Just is it the Leicester we know and love? I mean, I guess just remembering that we're playing the Danish Cup winners, and and we did, as Tom said, we did look shaky, left left at times defensively, and left big gaps at the back. And that, that wasn't probably. I said, did you think? That was, I said, did you think at that stage scoring a goal that we were going to going to get treated really by Leicester at that, that stage? Uh, no, no, not necessarily. I think on on that pitch and. I thought they would have a go at us in front of their home crowd. I think by the time the goal was in, the, the tie was over. Maybe the tie was over almost before we, we kicked it off um, with a 4-1, bringing in a 4-1 lead. Um, but no, I, I think we're always going to struggle on that pitch. And um, just defensively, we're, we're shaky at the minute and we're lacking confidence. So um, positive to get that goal. It did calm us a bit, but... Um, yeah, we're, it's a step in the right direction, but a, a relatively small step, isn't it? To deal with that as a positive, though, Aaron, in itself, Harvey Barnes scoring again. Uh, he's not quite back to the top of his game at the moment, but how good can he be on, on his stage? Do you think he could be one of the, the players that England should be looking towards in the future? Yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it, because of how uh, blessed England are with the, the players in that position. Um, I suppose it's it's really hard for him because he's playing in a team that are inconsistent at best at the moment. So if suddenly the 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 tie changes and, and you guys can start getting some real consistency and then he can start showing what he can do week in, week out, rather than kind of he picks it up here and picks it up there, then that's when he'll really know how far he can go. Yeah, the sky should be the limit for him. Um, after that goal, though, Joey... All got a little bit shaky without blaming the pitch. Um, what happened in the rest of that first half? Sadly, what happened was it kind of continued in, in the same vein as we played the entire season so far. Um, it kind of it's, it doesn't seem to matter who we're playing at the moment. It's just uh, haphazard and 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 weak. And we, I, I found it quite funny in in a way that we we kind of managed to hold out for so long and then conceded the goal like that. You know, Casper was probably out, was our best player of the night. And, you know, that obviously was just a, a strange freak incident. But after the bombardment that we got to then concede that goal, it's kind of fitting of the season so far. But I mean, on, on the plus side, it, w- it was great to see Madders banging two great goals like that because, you know, he, he is a confidence player. And, I'm, you know, we haven't seen it for a prolonged period of time for a while. Um, obviously, he's had, he's had kind of a slight resurgence, but, you know, go back a couple of seasons when he was clearly the, the, the best player in the team for a while. And, you know, you want to see that back again because he is a class act on his day and, and he showed there the quality that he's got. I mean, that, that second, was it the second goal that was a team move? Um, yeah. It was, wasn't it? 
that was a super the third, goal. third goal was and yeah his his second was it and then, yeah because yeah, the free kick was that second goal yeah that that was a brilliant goal and and you know things like that will hopefully give the team a bit more confidence going forward and, and particularly him it was a little bit ironic that actually that was probably his worst first 45 minutes i know he he acknowledged that afterwards that he was he was rotten really in the first half but to pull out two pieces of quality like that shows the the character of the man i guess doesn't it yeah exactly i mean you know it, it was a night where a few, very few players really played very well, unfortunately. But you know, you've got to look at the the bright parts of it, and you know they can't play like that against Rent. Put it that way, because they'll get they'll get their asses handed to them. Unfortunately, they certainly will. Yeah, twenty three shots on goal, Aiden, um, for Randers on Thursday night. Uh, we were we fortunate only that one of them found the back of the net. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, but it's a question of protecting the defence as well. Um, and we are just we are just fearful at the minute of of whenever teams have a go at us because of because of the season that's been. Um, so a lot of it comes down to confidence as well. I think it's hard to judge a team as well on a on a match that you go into four one up. Um, you know, players' motivation um is different than maybe had one of those shots gone in. It would have got us going in gear a bit more and seen us um scoring at the at the top of the pitch. Can, can I stop um, you there though with that? Surely these players now. Surely need to be more motivated than ever. That they're getting criticised quite heavily, and they've got to be doing everything in their power. Of them, surely a lack of motivation is not a good excuse. I think it's hard if you're five one up after two minutes of the match. You're five one up in aggregate. Um, you know, it's hard to keep going. Um, or maybe psychologically, it's it's not as easy to keep going whenever the tie really is put to bed. I think, I think that had a role to play. Okay, and it was a strong lineup that we put out, Tom, wasn't it? Uh, Jan Vestergaard started again at centre back. Him and him and Dana Marty. How did you think yeah. that they did together? Well, I suppose we kind of knew that Vestergaard would be starting. He certainly needs the game time. Um, I, I don't. I don't think they did very well, to be honest. Um, you know, Marty made the odd block. Uh, it was kind of crucial. Um, but as you've said, they, they had several chances. Uh, that for some reason, they couldn't get on target. And another night, they could have banged a couple of it in and really scared us, especially if it was the first leg. But, it's um, about quality, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just unfortunate, really. And then Rens in the next round, Aidan. You spent quite a lot of time in France, so I'm sure you're going to... Tell me what the correct pronunciation is, rather than Rens. Ren, Ren, or, or even more correctly, Stad Rene. Okay. We are um, fifth, fifth in the table at the minute. Um, so yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to get you a bit more information um, for our next show. I'll do a bit of scouting on them for you, Mark. But they're fifth in Liga, um, and that's you know the past few seasons that's really been them. They're, they've been just outside the, the the top few teams, um, so there'll be a challenge to us. But you know we need to. A Leicester playing like we can when we need to be beating a, beating a team like Ren, you know. And uh, it, it's a good draw for Leicester, isn't it? Some of the slightly bigger teams, we could have had Roma, but uh, maybe some of the smaller teams wouldn't have potentially uh, suited us either. So good draw for Leicester in the next round. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think with Ren, didn't they have that? I don't know how you say Camavengo, who's gone Camavengo, to Real Madrid. Yeah. You've been playing so too much football him. manager, you have. <laughs> <laughs> young prospect yeah 
So he obviously he's gone to Madrid. So where they got to last season would have been with him. So they haven't got him there. So arguably they'll be a weaker team as well than than what they have been in previous years. So should be a decent time. And and only if you play the way that you can play and should play, then you should still get through that tie. Is a home tie a, a bonus for us? In the, I know it's not really, Joe, but it used to be the away goal rule. The away goal rule is not there anymore, is it? So is it a bonus now for us to, to try and get something under our belt at home before going to France? I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it, it, you feel like it shouldn't matter as much as it, it does in reality. But I mean, the away goal rule definitely changes things massively this year. And I don't know, the, the, the way that we are as a team, it feels like playing at home in the second leg would benefit us more just because we seem to get going more when the chips are against us, when we really need to, you know, we've seen how many times we've conceded the first goal and then immediately look better this year. Um, but I do, I actually disagree. I think Ren is probably one of the harder ties that we could have got of that, of that group. I mean, I, I did a little bit of research on them after the draw and they've got two of the top scorers in France this year and their their defensive record is, is pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, I think, you know, I know it's all relative, but they've conceded about half as many goals as we have, um, which puts them sort of second or third best defence in the league this year. Um, and I did also, just to, to, for the relativity element, I looked at their, their three most recent games against PSG, um, and they, they, they've won one, drawn one, and lost one. So, you know, they're not mugs. They've been one of the best teams in France this year. And to be honest, on current form, they're probably the favourites, given, given, given you know, how, how Leicester's defence has been. Um, but you would you would like to think that this is a game where kind of everything is pushed aside, and this is the the game that you get up for uh, as the Leicester team because this is this is your season now. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's still we still do officially have to avoid relegation, but this is the way that we get into Europe next year. And you know, I don't I don't care that it's the Conference League. You know, personally, I'm quite glad that that it exists because otherwise the season really would be dead. Um, <laughs> I'm quite looking. I'm really looking forward to it and. I think there'll be a great atmosphere at the King Power. And yeah, I'm really, really excited about that. Actually. Absolutely. Um, with Ren, then, I guess one thing I will say is in Leicester's defence, I've dropped them a cheeky little message on their Twitter this week saying they don't have to practice corners or uh, and that they need to sing about Jamie Vardy's wife and that's the right thing to, to be doing. So don't worry, I've done some work, lads. Uh, I'll probably do as much work there as Brendan, I think, on that one. So. <laughs> but no, listen... One man that did go to Randers this, this week was Ant Bates, and he told me all about his journey there via train, which took him 16 trains and 36 hours. Just joined now by Ant, uh, who has had a bit of a, a wild journey around Europe this week following Leicester to Randers. Ant, how are you? Um one word just to make up I'd say knackered <laughs> so it's, it's not an exaggeration to say that you've literally just got back in literally I'd say yeah three four hours ago had a, had a few, hour, few hours sleep um, yeah yeah <laughs> struggling to get back into any sort of routine yeah I just need to sleep right now but yeah well thanks for joining us Where, whereabouts are you based um, so I'm from Market Harbour yeah, um, a big Leicester fan, so it's a, a, a three every game home and away. And obviously, you can say I'm a big Leicester fan because I'm crazy enough to, yeah, get the train to anywhere. <laughs> so, just to give a bit of background on yourself, then you're the guy that has exploded a little bit over Leicester Twitter this week for 
getting the train to, to Randers. Uh, what's the what's the reasoning behind that, first and foremost? Uh, medical issues, really. So um, I'm, on, I'm on blood thinners for a uh, pre-existing medical condition. Um, I've got a blood clot, which I've had for uh, five years now. So it's just always there. So there's just a risk that if I sort of go on the planes, that it sort of um, like travels the parts of the body. It's not worth the risk at the end of the day. So, so yeah, it's one of those so you things. Thought, so you thought, I'm not missing Randers away. That is a truly epic journey to to go on. Yeah. So just, just <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> yeah, so I believe, and we'll, we'll come on to that. But what does that journey look like from Market Harbour to get there and back? See if I can see how my memory is. Uh, all right, so we go Market Harbour to London, um, London to Brussels, Brussels to Cologne, Cologne to Hamburg, uh, Hamburg to Copenhagen, uh, Copenhagen to Argus, which is where I was based, um, met with my mates, and then um, trained down to Randers on the day of the game. So, so yeah, and then pretty much the same journey in reverse. Um, had a day in um, Oslo just whilst I was in uh, in Denmark. Had a day spare, so got um, a night coach there. Um, spent a day in Oslo and came back on the coach as well. So I just tried to fit in as much as possible. Yeah, and you have fitted in a lot as well, haven't you? I've read that you've you did five football yeah. matches when you were over there. So yeah. um, you, you must have you must have had a really worthwhile trip. I take it it was an expensive one. Yeah, it was very. I've not, I've not yet looked at my. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. I don't think I'm ever going to look at it. Um, I know my train. I did have a quid look. So a few people have asked me. I think my train's paying to about um, four hundred quid. Um, that's not including the UK one from um, uh, Harbour to London, which is uh, fifty. So I guess including that, yeah, five hundred. And obviously, I've got um, match tickets, foods. Drinks, which weren't as bad. I did have quite a lot of drinks bought for me, to be fair, which I won't expect. I can imagine. Like, yeah. Before we do it, so, uh, um, yeah, entirely. It wouldn't surprise me if it's close to a K, maybe. I'm not sure. But, Please. Uh, which, and you're going to do it again for rent in a couple of weeks, aren't you? Yeah, I will do. But <laughs> luckily, I've had a little look. Um, it doesn't seem, obviously, it's not as bad. It's going to be over half the distance. Um, my main worry is now getting um, a new passport. So, at the time, because obviously I lost my passport along the way. Um, so, I've applied for a new passport. So, hopefully, that comes in time and ready. Have two weeks of recovering from this and ready to go again. <laughs> it's a bit like the Hangover 4, isn't it, really? You've gone all that journey, yeah. lost your passport, <laughs> had loads of drinks bought <laughs> for you, and, and, and had the time yeah, with your life. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a good analogy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was worth it, wasn't it? By the looks of it, it looked like a great away end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've done um, Bruges, um, Napoli, Warsaw, um, the away trips. And oh, Bruges was amazing, but I'd say this top Bruges, to be fair, I'd say it's got to be up there. Yeah, my favourite ever away day. Just the atmosphere in the stand was amazing. I think it's the fact that everyone in that, everyone in that ending was there to have a good time, had a few drinks. Mm. It was honestly, honestly, I think the best atmosphere. Some of the chants that got going, the Daniel and Martin chant that was going was amazing. On our way to Albania, honestly, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't imagine that as a lesson, <laughs> yeah, really. On my way to Albania, yeah, I've, I've, 
I've even started to look at that, to be honest. But I mean, a lot of people, people will say they'd come, they'd come with me if we go to Albania. But if they actually see the distance it's going to take, they might change their minds. <laughs> Is that right? Are we looking at a longer journey than, than Randers, yeah? Oh, yeah. I think uh, double, I think. I think it's about, um, it's about a day and a half uh, to it, go all the way down to Italy and then um, overnight ferries or something. It's, it's long. But yeah, we'll, we'll, if it comes to it, I'll do it. <laughs> well, we've got a few games to go before then. You might be bankrupt by that time of the season. Nah. The way the way things are going. I'm gonna plug my eBay store. If you wanna help me fund this, buy stuff for my eBay store. Just my living ants of all sorts. <laughs> there we go. That's that's the plug that we'll do for you on the the show, and hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to sponsor you or something like that. That that sounds like yeah, a good idea. What did you think to the game? Um, I'm not going to lie, I can't remember all the It was good. The management kit was amazing. I think I think we were lucky to win, to be honest. I mean, um, fair play to Randers. Obviously, not a lot of heard of them, not heard of any of their plays. And yeah, fair play. They put up a, put up a good fight. But um, yeah, had enough to, uh, had enough to get past them. Um, yeah, Madison. Madison was good. Uh, yeah. Friendship was awesome, wasn't it? They were, yeah, yeah. Both goals, unbelievable. It's good to see Madison um, back to his best again. I'm not going to lie. Um, over the summer, I had some bids of maybe coming in um, 40, 50 million for us. I've been tempted to accept yeah. the 50 million bid then. But right now, I would say he's sort of back to his best. Um, better than Grealish right now. So yeah, yeah. But it seems to get two completely opposite ends of that spectrum, don't we? It's either Grealish is ridiculously better than Madison or vice versa. But yeah, just been reading, just been reading the, the games you went to, Cologne Frankfurt, Copenhagen against yeah. Randers Leicester, obviously. Is it Aachen versus Bonner yeah. and Leuven versus yeah. Anderlecht? Which was the best game yeah. you went to? Um, definitely the Leicester one, definitely, by far. Yeah, that's, that's probably the copper answer. But um, the Leuven one was good, to be fair, because... I just went to that um, on the off chance because um, obviously I missed my Eurostar. I had nothing to do with the evening, so I got um, so I a 30 minute train from Bristol to London. I just thought I'd go to the ground just so see see if there's any, any spares going. So I've asked around a few people and they said, You're not going to get in. It's um, sold out because it's a big game against uh, Anderlecht. So I just went to the ticket office just as the game started and said, like, There's only thing you can do it for me. I'll come, I'm a big Leicester fan. And literally, as soon as I said Leicester, they were. I didn't. I didn't want to feed, but as soon as I said Leicester, they were literally. She came with me, showed me to my seat. Yeah, they were amazing. Uh, all the fans on both sides of the ground were awesome as well. So, so yeah, lovely people at Lloyd and Lubin. So, and I'm taking yeah. it they're all new grounds for you to visit, or those that you you visited. Um, yes, they were. Yeah, because obviously, um, Leicester played Copenhagen um, in the uh, Champions League. I didn't. I didn't get to do that one though. So. But yeah, I've been to um, quite a few games um, in Germany and VX, um, part of the part of the group of fans who go to see, watch Bochum quite a lot. So I've been to see them yeah. four times. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just love going. Nothing beats going football um, across across Europe. Like go go and watch a game with a pie and hands, good atmosphere. Bit is better experience than watching games in England a lot of the time. Quite fine. So yeah. Do you think that the whole Conference League might be another 
dare I say, League One experience where you get to some of these grounds. The atmosphere is amazing. It brings the club together a little, little bit more. Yeah, that's, that's a very good way of looking at it. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm sort of saying. You've got to make the most of these trips, but nothing beats it. And you, you don't know, obviously, if we don't win it this year, who knows when we're going to get back in Europe. So nothing beats sort of going, me and, me and all the Leicester fans in a pub in a different country, getting all the chance to go in. Um, yeah, nothing beats it, to be honest. So. And- they were good yeah. to hear that Irish bar as well, were they in uh, in Randers? Yeah, well, amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, in um, after day before the game, there was like a, a few bars put that we all congregated. And obviously, yeah, in Randers, um, the the Irish bar there, they had um, they had a guy there. And about what you told him to play, he played. So we had him like he was playing heroes and <laughs> blue at one point. Um, Fantastic. Any it was amazing. Yeah. The heroes in blue and white, that's a classic from, from yesteryear now, isn't it? With the old day yeah, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know all the words, to be honest. But... I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't just remember. <laughs> used to play that about 10 times, uh, 10 times a week. So after that then, Leeds United next, sorry, Burnley next up for you with that on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously that was the um, originally postponed game, but. It'd be an easy trip than Randers, so I've got, I've got no excuse yeah. to say I'm not going to go and I've done 70, 17 hours there, 17 hours back, so, yeah. <laughs> I think there'll be people listening that'll be thinking, how do you get the time for all this? And, uh, uh, <laughs> and how do you yeah, that's the fair point. I mean, I'm obviously being self-employed, I can sort of, yeah, work and hold for, for a while to do it. Um, single, that's, that's, a big, that's a big factor. No misses to stop me. Uh, yeah, my two big passions are travelling and watching football. So, so yeah, whilst whilst you got the chance, whilst you're in good health, yeah, I'll say you should do it. Yeah. Well, it's been great catching up with you. I, I guess my question for you is: after Rens, can, will you come on again and speak to us and uh, and let us know how you how you got on? Hundred percent, yeah, definitely down for it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, great. Um, all right. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for telling us your story. And uh, and I hope yeah. it all goes well on Tuesday up at Burnley. I hope we can get some points on the board to start to get back yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, I did the table earlier. I didn't realise how close you were to the relegation zone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try and pretend it's not quite as close at the minute, I think. We've got a few yeah, games now, haven't we? Focus on Randers instead. <laughs> yeah, keep focus on that. But and thanks very much for your for your time. Uh, and, uh, really and we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Right, guys, we've got Burnley away on Tuesday night. Is this a relegation six pointer, Aidan? I know looking at the table, we're going to drag down there. Lots of games in hand, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we've got games in hand. No, I don't. I don't think it's a relegation six-pointer. I'm not convinced. I don't think we'll get three points though. Um, I think we'll we'll come away with with a point there. Um, but I think then we need to look ahead to, to Leeds United on Saturday and taking three points against a demoralised um, Leeds team. But I think it's not long since Manchester United went to Turf Moor um, and got held. And 
yeah, I think they'll be up, up for this and, and they'll see it as, as an opportunity to take take at least a point, um, even though they, they probably could do with with going for three. Um, no, I don't see it as a relegation six-pointer, but you know, ask me in three league games, and if I haven't got haven't, haven't got a couple of wins out of those, then um, yeah. It is a bit twitchy though, isn't it? I know it's so easy to say about the, the games in hand, and yeah, we'll be all right, but if you look at the next couple of games, especially, Tom, that we've got, Burnley on Tuesday and then Leeds on Saturday, if for uh, right. whatever reason we were to come away with anything less than, let's say, four points, we're, we're going to be in a bit of bother down there, aren't we? Lose to Burnley, they're going to go three points behind us. Lose to Leeds, they'll go minimum one point behind us. That's not the position right. we want to be in. <sighs> yes, a little bit worrying, as you say. Um, I mean, these are the teams where, well, perhaps not Burnley, but you'd certainly expect to be beating Leeds. But if that doesn't happen, yeah, we're in serious trouble. Um, obviously, earlier in the season, we had a bit of a tough time against um, Burnley um, with Maxwell Cornet. Um, but of course, he, he went off injured. Apparently, he's kind of nursing a bit of an injury as well. So I don't know whether he's going to play or not. But it was it was a bit of a fiery game last time. They obviously got one of those 21 points uh, against us and we were probably unfortunate on the day not to to get all three points. Aaron, they have improved recently, Burnley, haven't they? They've got some new signings coming. Morton Vcourse is going to be a challenge if he's playing uh, against us because he's a, he's a big guy and from set pieces and certainly in the air, we've not been at our best, it'd be fair to say. And when a, when a side starts picking up results down the bottom there, how dangerous can they become? I think it always happens, isn't it? Like towards the end of the season, you see the teams at the bottom just suddenly start picking up results. That extra drive to not get relegated pushes them on. I, I think I, I like Burnley. They're my kind of guilty pleasure team because they're just unapologetic about the way that they play football. I think the whole thing about how teams should play football, I hate that phrase on how teams should play football. If if it works, then then that's how you should play football. That's the end of that. So they're kind of gritty, dogged way. They're like the um, <clears throat> the draw specialists this season, aren't they? They've had twelve draws so far. They're in your face. They work hard. They got that that leg horse up front. Is he six foot? Six foot I want six. To say six. Yeah. It's enormous. He I, he's going to bully your defence. That's you say, yeah. like, you, Sounds bad. You've been yeah. You've been fragile at the back. Just in open play, never mind corners. Um, and he's not just a, a big target man, is he? He's decent with the ball at his feet. Um, he, yeah. I'd be worried. Uh, follow that. <laughs> I think you're nodding along there to, to everything Aaron was saying. Uh, are, are you a bit nervous about to, to, on Tuesday night or are you, you feeling confident? <laughs> I think it's... it's, it's it... If we play like we did against Wolves, attacking-wise, you know, created some good chances in that game, and you know, we really shouldn't have shouldn't have lost that game. That was that was a tough one to take. But we all know this is going to be one of the most uncomfortable watches of the season, and it's got nothing to do with with open play. You know, the, the set pieces are horrendous, and going up against the team that are, I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but you know, traditionally speaking, Burnley have been terrific from set pieces. You know, the centre backs alone are a threat, but then you add a six foot six inch. Uh, big man in there who looks really good as well. You know, when he when he signed, you know, he looks like a really really good signing for instead of Chris Wood. Um, and I'm I'm scared about that and pretty much that alone at the moment. And but you know, I, I back us to score against 
pretty much anyone on our, when, we're, when we're on it. Um, but can we keep enough of them out at the other end from those sort of situations? You know, got, it's a game where you've got to play sensibly. Don't, don't give away anything silly around the box. And ideally, if you can not give away as many corners, that would be great. <laughs> you know where we're at at the minute with set, set pieces and defensive organisation. Is it... Have we gone too far now for it to be fixed this season, Joe? Is it one of those that we just need to get to the summer and rebuild and accept that we're going to have some fragility there? Because it doesn't really show much sign that it's going to get loads better. I feel like maybe we've considered less goals in the last few weeks. Not because we haven't been playing, but last few games, I should say. <laughs> um, but but actually, we've got away with a bit. And you know, I remember Harry Kane's header against Spurs, and there's been some other chances. But we still don't look anywhere near solid enough when that ball comes into the area. No, even the Wolves game last weekend, I mean, they didn't really threaten that much. But when the ball did come in the box, it did feel like panic. And and it's an issue. And it's been an issue for a long time. And I don't know whether it's too late to fix. I don't know who can fix it because, you know, it's been a, 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 an issue for, like I say, for ages. And, uh, and it's just undermining us in so many games. You know, it's given us so much work to do and we've lost so many points from, from it. Um, if it hasn't been fixed now, how do you fix it in the in the short term? When, frankly, our, you know, centre back options aren't aren't very good. Um, so I think we have just got to limp along and kind of make the best of it. Um, no, it's it's not just the centre backs either, because you know, Wolf we'll, Mendidi we'll, was you know one of the best defensive players in the league. And I'm not, not talking about you know on the floor in in the air. He was mm. an absolute beast from corners, and I don't know what's happened to, to him. In that sense, you, you could say that about his whole season so far, frankly. Yeah. But I think you, you need that aggression in the box and someone who's going to meet it. You know, you look, you look at our options and on paper, we should be fine in that sense. You know, so issues an aggressive centre-back. But it doesn't matter whether Johnny Evans is there or not. We're still bad from that situation. And, you know, it's, it's more than just a personnel thing for me. But clearly the personnel aren't right for the job um, of defending corners and set-pieces because it's been this way for too long now. Certainly has top. But I guess what we're saying here is if they've got a six foot six inch striker and we've got a six inch six inch <laughs> What is he gonna say? What you trying to say, Mark? Is he part of your dream? To be <laughs> fair, he, he might he might as well be six inches. Yeah. <laughs> if we've got someone equally as tall on our side. <laughs> um, Surely we should be able to counteract that, but it's just not the case, is it? And we keep coming back to wow. this conversation about Burnley because this is where the threat's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Well, firstly, with, with Vestergaard, it, it must have been the reason we bought him, other than an absolute panic of needing a centre-back. Um, but you would have thought he'd, he'd help us in that area, and he's just not. Um I've forgotten your other half of the question. <laughs> so have I. This is going well now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you were saying, yeah, you were saying Burnley. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Burnley is a attacking threat in terms of, uh, you know, big lads. There's plenty of teams we see that come to the KP, um, you know, teams like, well, Burnley, West Ham, uh, that have got these these big stocky players in midfield and centre-backs that they bring up for, for these corners and and free kicks. And we are absolutely bricking it every single time. Um, it's, I mean, it's beyond frustrating really, because it's something that Rogers has spoke about in, uh, 
in conferences. Um, it's something that all the players know that they need to get better at. And I just, I don't know what the answer is anymore. That's what I was saying. Maybe it's, it's one of those that it's going to be next summer, really, until that starts to get fixed. Um, would you take a point tomorrow, Tom? Uh, Tuesday? <sighs> the reason um, I'm asking before you answer that is... Burnley have only won three games all season, but they've actually only lost the same amount as us. Uh, in fact, they've lost less than us now. They've lost nine, uh, but they have drawn 12 of their games. So maybe they'll see another another draw on Tuesday. I mean, if, if we're talking a draw on Tuesday and, and a win against Leeds, then fine, that'll have to do. But um, it's... I don't know. It just feels like... <laughs> We're kind of clinging on to anything that we can we can get, really. I mean, I, I had a little look earlier and I noticed the last time that we won two games in the league uh, was Manu and Brentford at the end of October. Now, why are we not winning games on the bounce? I just don't get it. We, we shouldn't really be uh, happy with a, with a draw against a, a, lower, a lower team, to be honest. Is that one of those... Um things, Aidan, where you come back to it and you, you realise maybe how close we are to getting dragged into that. I know we've got the games in hand that I keep mentioning, but, um, you know, when you're talking not two wins and about since October, we, we expect that the form's going to pick up, but there's not really been any sign of that so far. No, there haven't. And I suppose, you know, it's limited what you can take from the Randers, the Randers games. You know, they're, they're obviously conference league games or against the Danish, Danish Cup winners. Um, so I guess it is getting that balance that you look at teams below you and you think certainly we're better than that, we're better than that. But, you know, the form table, you know, certainly the league table doesn't lie, but the form table has a lot to say as well. And, and you know, we're talking about, you know, we're even talking about Leeds who have been in a horrible run, you know, Marcelo Bielsa um, getting the sack today. And yet the fear is that they'll come to King Power on Saturday, perhaps with nothing to lose or... Um, unlikely that they'll have a new manager by that time, but you know, uh, maybe with the players with a point to prove. So there's always a bit of a subtext that's kind of going against us. You know, Burnley ha- causing us problems physically. Um, maybe Leeds won't do, wouldn't do quite the same as that, but um, they'll they'll have a go at us and they'll run at us. Um, and you know, our, our defence has, has been shaky. So um, yeah, we need to get the wins from somewhere. You know, we're playing teams. We've got the, the privilege or, or the kind of luck of, of in the next few games playing teams who are below us um, in the table. We've got Brentford coming up um, as well. So, yeah, we, we do need to start getting um, getting wins from, from summer. We certainly do. Aaron, there are three worst teams in the Premier League, better than, worse than Leicester City, aren't they, this season? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, I think when you look at the table, there's Watford and Norwich, I feel like they're done. It, the, the whole kind of um, relegation scrap is for that last place. But it's going to be iffy because you think <clears throat> Everton do look better under Lampard. And I know that the results haven't necessarily come um, running through. Leeds and getting rid of their manager, regardless of what they delivered last season, they were just chaos and it wasn't going to be sustainable. So are they going to be better with a new manager or, or, or are they going to struggle Brentford signing Christian Eriksen, like what's he going to start bringing? And then Newcastle look great under Eddie Howe. They're doing some good stuff. So it that's the pessimistic side. If you if you're an optimist, you look and go. If you win your three games in hand, I think you've got tonight. So yeah, okay. it, it depends which side of it you want to look, doesn't it? 
I guess the whole point of that, Joe, is that those three games together, as Tom's just said, I felt like a million miles away, haven't they, this season? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you were talking about winning two games in a row earlier. Just, just like to win one to start with. It's been December the 28th, hasn't it? I think we're the only Premier League team that's not won a game this, this calendar year. Yeah. Um, that's been floating yeah. around and, social and, media today, hasn't it? The uh, yeah, infographic I mean, of... Yeah, that's why personally I wouldn't necessarily just accept a draw tomorrow. I think we, we do need a little bit more than that just for confidence, if anything. Um, and yeah, not, not to get dragged into a, a completely unnecessary relegation scrap. You know, it just, I don't even, it seems even ridiculous that we're having to talk about it. Um, but personally, I'm not, I'm trying not to think about it until there's a few more bad results. And and I do just think there are there are definitely three worst sides in this. You know, as Aaron says, Norwich, Watford, they are done. And yeah. and Brentford have looked horrible for a while, even though you know Christian Eriksen has signed, and you know he's, he's good enough to to change many games. But yeah, you do look at them and Leeds and think we should be okay. But I, I just I was just um, looking at when Portsmouth beat Reading seven four, and I was just wondering whether that that could be beaten when we play Leeds. It could be, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Both teams going with a 0-0-10 formation. <laughs> to keep it fluid. Uh, Jamie Vardy could be back tomorrow night, Joe, as well. Uh, we, were, we were led to believe. Is that still the case as far as you're aware? Yeah, I haven't heard any other, uh, any other thing to the contrary. Um, I mean, obviously, I can't wait to have him back. But on the, on the evidence of recent games, I've, I've just felt so sorry for Pat and Dacca because... You know, he he is our, our alternative to Vardy and should be played in the same sort of way. But the service to him has been practically non-existent, to be honest. Um, definitely not in the right way. You know, he's, he's not the guy you want to be playing balls to his back with his back to goal. And you want to be playing down the channels and getting him in, into space. And I don't think he's been getting that. And I, and I, I felt really sorry for him. Um, and I just hope that's not the same when, when Vardy comes back. It's almost we've done that the other way around, haven't we? We've been playing the balls to Inacho down the channel when he's had a go, which isn't his game, and then playing the balls into to feet to Dakar, which isn't isn't his game either. Tom, let's take a prediction for you for for Tuesday night um, against Burnley. I'm going to go one all. Aiden, he's rising down. Uh, I'd say. I'd say 1-0 win to Leicester City. Go on. This is where Aaron tells us the actual result because he's been getting them all right this season. <laughs> I, I think you're going to have it 2-1. 2-1 oh, Leicester? We're going to win. Uh, <laughs> joke. <laughs> we're gonna get I, I, just, I just can't see it. It's conceded any fewer than two goals. So, uh, it's a 2-2 two, two I'm going to go for. I, I'm going to go 2-1 as well, if that's okay. Can I copy you, Aaron? Is that fine? You just want the points in the table, that's all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's time for a game of last man standing. We play this game on our show where, Tom, you are last week's or last time's first out, so you've set the quiz question. Uh, and we'll go around in a circle. The person that is last left at the end standing is the winner. So what have you got for us this week then, Tom? Right, I can't uh, guarantee that my facts are correct. So let's <laughs> just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the question is: uh, Can you name the last sixteen of the Europa Conference League? And I'm going to go to you first, Joe. I just need one answer. 
Leicester City. There you go. Sorry, that's that's a bottle job, but it's last man standing, so you've got. Yeah, you've, you've got, got to you've got, got to play, go play to win. <laughs> <laughs> that's been a while since you've had a go, Mark. Go on, then. I'll go with Red Stad Rene. Nice. Good man. Aaron. I'm I'm struggling on this. The the difference between who's in that and who's in Europa. Um, I think Rangers are in the other one, aren't they? But I'll go with them. Uh, Rangers is not. Yeah. One of Rangers' biggest achievements in, in like years and years is the endorsement of the Europa League, and you're like. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really follow the European Conference League, to be honest. So. Oh, <laughs> that's why it's the question. Yeah. Go on, Aiden. Let's say Olympique de Marseille, otherwise known as Marseille. You were bound to go for that. Uh, back to you, My John. third team, my third team, yeah. Uh, Vitessa. Yeah, we've got that. Mark? Bud Oakland. Photo glimpse. Yes. Yeah, nice one. Not, not, Celt- uh, not Celtic out, didn't they? You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. <laughs> Over to you, Aiden. AS Roma still on it? Yes. Okay. Uh, Joe. Final? Yeah. Mark? I'll keep it dirt Chogo. AZ Alkmaar. Lovely. Back to you, Aiden. Uh, Genk? No. Uh, no. No. If my because my, an- that's a, my that's answer was no, my answer was going to be Genk. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. That's what I said. It's my Northern Irish accent. <laughs> you didn't say that. You cheat. <laughs> Behave yourself. Right, racism on. and the Irish <laughs> Uh I'm going to say Dutch because I think there was four Dutch teams in there and I'm going to go with PSV. Yes, you are correct. Joe? Okay, this is where I may be struggling a little bit. I'm um, struggling now, so please struggle. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say partisan. Yes. Oh, shit. I would have had no clue there. So. <laughs> Go on, Mark. Prague. Slavia Prague. Yes. Oh, that Good was answer. my next one. <laughs> Olympiakos. No, there's no Olympiakos, no. I'm afraid. I didn't, I didn't think they were. <laughs> What am I? Do I get a job at 442 on the back of this, please? <laughs> yeah, you might as well. You can, you can have my job. That's how it works. <laughs> right, Mark. Have you got the rest? Uh, no, I don't think I have any more, actually. Well, I can tell you we played one of these teams in the, in the Champions League. Oh, Copenhagen. Yes. Uh, what else have we got? Yeah, we, we've got the three other teams that are kind of tricky, to be honest. But on, do you want to stab at any? No. No. So we've got uh, FC Basel, uh, Lask, and Pauk, is it? PAOK. Yeah. 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 You did quite well there, lads. Yeah. Cheers. 
Uh, Aaron, I think that means it's you that's collating the next one for, for next time, but I'm happy to have my crown back. Please for that. I'll do some on the Johnson's paint trophy next time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a serious competition. Uh, we've been talking today about Leicester Summer Rebuild and we've been linked with Bristol City, uh, Guern- the Guernsey Grealish, Alex Scott. And I've been speaking to Aaron about what that means to Leicester City. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Joined now by regular on the show, and Bristol City fan, Aaron. Aaron, we're here to talk to you today about Alex Scott, not the female footballer or ex Ex-footballer and now presenter, but the Guernsey Grealish. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Guernsey Grealish he is phenomenal. Um, there, there's quite a few Premier League teams, so I think today I've read that Tottenham are actually the ones that are at the top of the, the tree with him, but West Ham, Everton and obviously yourselves are, are the ones that are interested. Mm. Um, just... I, I just there, there's no I was trying to think earlier of a player to compare him to to make it easier for people who obviously haven't watched championship football so I just can't think of anyone generally the best the best young kid that I've seen come through Bristol City's academy um, so position wise though where is he a central midfielder well how does he operate uh technically he's the the man who plays behind the strikers so I suppose for you like a Madison but mm. um We've had no central midfielders for quite a few games now, and he's been playing in centre midfield. Um, and he has just looked phenomenal. He looks, if you look at him, he looks tiny. He, he's only 18, and he turned 18 in August. Um, I think he made his debut for us when he was still 16, I think, last season in the Championship. Um, you look at him and think he's lightweight, he's going to get bullied, but he's like a little terrier napping around people. So in my head, if you lost Tillemans in the summer, I genuinely think he could come in and do a job for you midfield and he's only played 29 games I think for the first team so for him to be so highly thought of at this stage there's something clearly there that's coming through obviously he's working for Nigel Pearson uh, who's who's sort of thrust him into the limelight a little bit was it Nigel that gave him his uh, debut last season yeah I think it was yeah um, yeah I think he's played 26 times this season in the championship so far yeah. um, and to think most of that season he's only been 17 like that's unbelievable you think people were talking about Jude Bellingham, and I'm not saying he's Jude Bellingham, but people were talking about how much of an impact he had in the championship at su- such a young age. Well, Alex Scott, yeah, played over 20 times while he's 17, tearing it up. Um, and, yeah, look, Nigel is give quite a lot of um, academy players some real good minutes. Um, so from, from a Bristol City point of view, we always sell a big player every summer. That's how we finance with that team similar to what you do, I suppose, of the past. Um, that We've got about four or five that we could be in trouble with. So it's kind of like, which one do we get rid of? And are we just going to keep it to one? Um, and, and like, he's top of the list not to get rid of. Like, yeah. he's way too good for us. But can we hold him for one more season and next season have a bit more of a, 
don't know, playoff run if we have a good window or, um, but yeah, he's by far like the best out of, well, I think he's played quite a few times for England under 21s as well. He goes every time that the under 21s are together, he goes with that squad mm. and plays. He doesn't go to make up the numbers and sit on the bench. So that, that kind of shows his level when you think about the talent in the Premier League at, in that age group as well. I think uh, I read a, a quote from Curtis Fleming, who's the assistant manager at Bristol City, isn't he? And yeah. He said, look, you know, there, there might be a bid come in, but it's going to have to take something fairly special for us to sell because there's no better place for him to develop at the minute than at, um, th- than at Bristol City. Now, I get that. I understand that. You know, we've had the same with some of our younger players uh, as they've developed and then gone on elsewhere. But I, I look at Leicester as a club at the minute. Out of the teams that you've mentioned, that's surely the team that he would get in, isn't it? In terms of getting the most amount of playing time out of your West Ham, Tottenham's, and Ev- well, forget Everton, they're going down. But uh, <laughs> Tottenham and West Ham's, uh, and as Leicester have got that really good record for bringing young talent through. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. I think if Tillemans goes in the summer, I genuinely could see him doing a really good job in the centre of your midfield. Um, I can't see that he's going to push out when you look at West Ham, unless West Ham get rid of a Rice. They've still got Suchek. I can't see him going in there. Um, Everton, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced by that one. Um, and, and yeah, Curtis Fleming might have said that, but at the moment, Bristol City are losing 400, I think it's 485k a week. Yeah. Um, how, how can we turn down something if it, look, it's going to be a, a decent offer because you think he's English as well. Um, you're talking 15 plus million, I genuinely think, for, for City to say yes to him, yeah. to him to go. Um, but I think I th- they won't say no. If someone offers 15 million, whether Curtis Fleming's just trying to talk up his value or um, yeah, if he's still there after summer, I'll be dancing for joy, but I don't think it's going to happen. Because it's the other side of it, isn't it? Because if you can keep a squad together that could put a promotion push in next season, which is is highly doable in that league, you see teams go from mid-table to you know top of the league fairly quickly. 15 million is a drop in the ocean compared to the mm-hmm. Premier League money. Yeah, yeah. And when you, there, like I said, there's probably three or four players that are of similar ilk to Alex Scott, not as good, but real good talents. They've got some proper minutes under their belt this season um, that are being spoken about by either high-end championship teams or or teams in the Premier League. Um, you're just saying, if we can keep them for a season, their second full season, like, and I don't know how much you've seen of Alex Scott or even just looked at him, he looks like a boy. So these kids do maybe get a bit more physicality about them because they'll be a year older and they've been a year kind of more playing with men rather than boys in the in the academy teams. Oh, what could they be? What What's making him so good then? What about him on the ball or off the ball and sets him apart from the rest? Honestly, he's got everything. So that's why I think he might be an actual real good centre midfielder, almost like a bit of an old school centre midfielder. And if you hear kind of Roy Keane going off on one on on Sky when he says he doesn't like talking about attacking midfielders and defensive midfielders. And I suppose when you look at him and Scholes when they were in their heyday, they both done everything, didn't they? They both went forward, they both went back. That's what he is. He's great on the ball. Unbelievable set-piece delivery. He can pick a pass. Um Great at dribbling, draws fouls. That's probably where he gets Guernsey Grealish from because he wears pathetic little shin pads with socks rolled down (laughs) to his ankles. Um, But really good at dribbling, drawing those fouls. Um, But then 
on the half term, good work rate, gets stuck in, flies. It doesn't care if he's playing someone six foot six. He's still absolutely flying into challenges, trying to win the ball back, busy in defensive third. That's like he is a whole round centre midfielder. And yeah. maybe that's why for someone like Brendan, that I suppose that kind of suits his style of play. Someone who's going to work hard all across the pitch, not just be able to contribute in one phase of one phase of the pitch. Um, he'll give you everything in each third of the of the the pitch. Well, let's hope so. There's a, a lot of uh, positivity coming. That you know we might be able to to be the team that, to get a deal done with him. I know you're saying about Spurs there. It might be one of those deals, Aaron, where. Um, he gets signed and then loaned back for a season. That would be, if you were going to sell him, ideal, wouldn't it? Get oh. an extra season, get you into the Premier League next year. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think, if you signed him, I don't think you'd want to loan him back. I genuinely, like, he comes right into your team. Yeah. yeah, 100%. He's just, nothing phases him. Nothing phases him. What At one point we had, we've signed a right wing back, a young kid, and he's been out injured for quite a while. Nigel Pearson just started playing him right wing back as part of a five. Didn't phase him. He still looked absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. You just do what Big Nigel tells you, Aaron. But uh, thanks well, very true. much. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thanks yeah. very much for giving us an insight. I think that's probably why a lot of the young kids are doing really well because they're just going to do what he tells them and, and it, it works on the pitch. Like our results are a bit iffy at times, but if you ever actually watch a night minutes of our games, we are quality. Like, Pearson's definitely got a style of football going now. He's binned off all the kind of the big earners that don't really give a crap um, and brought all these young kids through where some that were there before him anyway, but maybe didn't quite live up to their potential or ones now that he's bringing through the academy that are really, really doing it. And I suppose for a team like us who we do sell, we, we've done it consistently. We sold Bobby Reed and Lloyd Kelly to Bournemouth, uh, Josh Brynell to Burnley. We always do that and generate a bit of money from our academy. I suppose the more players that Nigel is doing that to, the owners are rubbing their hands together more and more, aren't they? Has he still got the full support of the Bristol City fans down there? Is he they happy with the work that, that Big Nigel is doing? Uh, I would say by and, by and large, yes. I reckon the ones... So even today when I was talking to a couple, because we've got a couple in our Sunday league team, um, the two that didn't like it or are not keen on him, I don't think see many of the games. Yeah. So if you don't see many of the just games look and the just look at a result, yeah, then you're going, oh, okay. When I think there was a game the other day, we had seven academy players in our starting lineup. Like you, You've got to take that with a pinch of salt, haven't you, that we... We shed shed our squad last season. We reduced our wage bill by thirty five percent. Didn't really sign anyone for mental money. No big names. It's complete rebuild. Seven academy starting lineup players rebuilding a, a style of football as well. Like you're going to get inconsistency, aren't you, with a young team? Um, so I suppose it's how realistic you want to be with it. Um, and it, I think his and you'll know it, it as much as anyone. His. Uh, brutal assessment of matches and performances keeps fans on side, I think. Yeah. Because when you've watched a game, well, you think the discussion's been on the podcast before about Brendan, when you've had a poor game or something, and sometimes you just want him to come out and say, it was poor. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they try and wall it up, it frustrates you, where you know you're not getting that from Pearson, aren't you? He's going to come out and he's absolutely going to tell you what, what you've seen. And that keeps you on side a bit, I think. I think there'll be a few Leicester fans that maybe are betting people that might have a fiver on Bristol City for promotion next year if Nigel's there. 
Um, and just just expect it to come out of nowhere is what is what you know we might say to, to those guys. But thanks very much for giving us your insight into both Alex Scott and how, how big Nigel's getting on because we all still still love him, obviously. Thanks very much for that, Aaron. In terms of a rebuild then for the summer, Aidan, I'll start with you. Who would you expect to leave Leicester this summer? Who expect to, to be out the door? Um, well, Yuri Tielemans is, is a good one to start with. Yeah. I was on the show with uh, with Joe a few weeks ago. You said, Joe, that you have no hope of keeping Yuri Tielemans. Has anything changed from that? No, not at all. I'm, I'm sad to say. No. I, I what sort? If, uh, sorry. No, you carry on. Sorry. No, I was just, I've just put myself in his shoes and I, I don't see any appeal of staying um, beyond the fact that he obviously loves it at the club and, you know, but he's a, he's a footballer in the prime of his life and wants to play at the highest level. And after the season we've, we've had, he's not going to get that next year. And I think there, there will be clubs uh, queuing up for him because the money, the money should be decent for, for a team that wants him for his age, his profile and what he's done. You can probably pick him up for. Oh, this is a, a, a big question, but forty-five to fifty million. I'm not sure with a year left on his contract. Sounds about right to me, and that sounds like a good deal for for uh, you know a, a big club in today's age. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I just think it, it kind of all falls into place for the wrong reasons for us. Aiden, forty-five to fifty million. Uh, that's not going to be enough to fund the whole. If they, and I use the word rebuild because that's what Brendan Rodgers himself has said so far. Um, who else might we need to, to look at to, to leave also? Um, I think it's an interesting question. You know, I'm not trying to change the question you're asking me, but the more I've thought about it recently, you know, having been out for the, this length of time that Jamie Vardy and Johnny Evans have been out for, you know, and at, at their, their stage of their careers, should we be thinking of them as starting in the first 11 in August in the first Premier League game? I'm not sure they'll be the same players and, and maybe it's time to 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 look to um, you know have them as more so on the bench to come on rather than than have planning for them to be in your starting 11. And it, it grieves me to say that because I love them both for different reasons, but um, whether they go whether they leave or go out the door, I think both of them would be useful to keep at the club. And having the bench, but um, I think therefore you're wanting to bring in certainly a, a better centre back. I think we need to sign a, a quality centre back that we've failed to do so far. Um, in terms of other players leaving and out the door, um, there's no one that really sticks out that I feel this one sh- he should he should leave. Um, I think there's players maybe when that we'll want to see more out of. We want to see them getting back to what we know they can offer rather than maybe seeing them leave. You know, players like Ndidi, um, who hasn't given me as much as I would have liked this year, and also players whose seasons have been hampered by injury, Ricardo Pereira, and we've seen very little of Justin and Fofana. It's getting boys like that back in and playing to the top of their ability rather than necessarily thinking certain players need, need to leave. Um, if you're going to be cruel, maybe you'd say players like Vestergaard have come in and, and haven't performed. Do, do you want those, those guys to leave, potentially? Um, but it's more about getting guys back in and getting them playing like we know they can. All right, Tom, I'll flip that question to you. If an offer came in for Chagwasi Unku, let's say, for around £35 million in, in the summer, would you sell at that? 
Look, Siunku's had some cracking games with us. Uh, he, he had an astonishing season when he came in. So the, he's still got something about him, surely. You, you don't just come into, into the team and, and play the way he did and then drop off like this forever. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't think Siunku's the one that I'd be looking at leaving. <laughs> it's um, rumoured that he think, wants to leave, though, I think. Is that right? Allegedly. Well... I mean that that's leaving us in a tricky situation, really, because it's bad and bad enough as it is, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I can't see us getting two or three decent centre backs in um, in a window. So, um, I mean, if if you're looking at other players around the park, Perez perhaps doesn't really need to be at the club anymore. Um, I do wonder if Castagna thinks he's getting enough game time as well. To be honest. Well, he's injured at the minute, isn't he? But yeah, if everyone's fit, would he be in the first eleven? Would, would probably be an, another question around that. Players like him, so it's sorry to butt in, but Timothy Castagna has shown that he's got the quality to be in the first eleven. He's, he's put in those performances. Um, it's more a question for me of, of do we get them? You know, depends if we can get these guys back playing as as they have shown us they can. That is the big one. We spoke there around people coming back, Aaron. Uh, James, Justin, and Ricardo Pura both Ricardo Pura both signed new contracts this last week. Uh, are they the players that Brendan will be wanting to mould the club around going forward? Well, I think like Tom just named some of your players to, to still come back. That getting Fafana back when you've got defensive problems—that's that's a that's a major signing. Uh, that is a, a major signing in a sense. I suppose the thing to flip to on that without kind of avoiding your question, is there an issue with your medical department? And I think one of your fans kind of put it on the Facebook page a couple of weeks ago about since, and obviously I'm a bit biased, since Dave Rennie's left and he's come to Bristol City, our injuries have become non-existent and yours have skyrocketed. So if you're talking about signings, could, could that be something they need to look at? And then what's your thoughts? And I'll ask, sorry, Mark, I'd say to you, What's your thoughts about Luckman? Because that's Teddy uh, alone, isn't it? Yeah, I think Luckman is a no-brainer to, to be signed. £12 million. I think he's uh, a real talent. He's still a young guy. In, he seems to have a huge amount of desire. Do you know an interesting one on Luckman? There was a video of KDH as a, a day in the life of a footballer that he put out not so long ago. And Luckman was in the analysis room looking at his previous performances. And I think he made the comment, yeah, he's always in here doing this. And that's the sort of player I think we want to be having at, at the club. Personally, yeah, that's just right mentality, isn't it? Yeah, no brainer. Any more questions? And I swear, yeah, just, just on the other thing, your medical <laughs> department. Yeah, your medical yeah. department. Because I, I believe, if you're talking about all these players, yeah, I, I believe we've made a, a new sign in. I can't remember where from, Joe. I'm not sure if you'll know where the guys come from, but there's a new head physio that's on the way in. Uh, am I right in saying? <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't know anything about that either. But I, I don't, I, I don't think the injury situation was great even at the end of Dave Rooney's time at the club. I, I, so I don't know whether that is a bit of a, um, a slight myth and a bit of an easy thing to sort of, you know, cut the ties between it because I do think it was been bad for quite a long time. Um, I think there was more, more to it than than that. Why, why Dave Rooney left Leicester in the end? Um, but can I just, can I just say something on Suyuncu for a minute? Because yeah. I, I think. There's, there's going to have to be kind of an, an element of pragmatism about about the summer because obviously there's there's going to be some money for Tiedemann's coming in, you think. But, you know, if you look at the defence and who's likely to still be here, I mean, 
as far as I'm aware, Danny Marty is going to be out of contract in the summer. And, you know, I, I don't know whether, whether he's the sort of guy. Um, he's got one more year, Joe. Oh, has he got one more year? Okay. Yeah, he's, we've exercised he's the, the extension, yeah. did he? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. Um, but so, you know, Ryan Bertrand is not going to leave when he's just signed a contract. The best of guard, I'd say he's unlikely to leave. And you could go through the whole defence saying that. Whereas Siyunchu, um as probably the only one with any sale value. And, yeah. you know, Brendan might look at that and go, well, f- for that money. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to be uh, mad enough to, to pay that kind of money for him that you were mentioning, Mark. But there is some value there for, for him, for sure. Um, and they might look at that and go, well, we can we can possibly do better here. I mean, obviously Leicester have had a certain type of player that they target, you know, age-wise, profile-wise for, for a long time now. But I, I feel like it's got to the point where we might need to go for someone a little bit more tried and tested. I mean, yeah. someone like Ben Mee, ben Mee, for example, who by all intents and purposes looked like he's going to sign a new contract to Burnley, but he's out of contract to the end of the season. And, you know, I wouldn't mind us going for somebody like that. A, a proven Premier League player in that sense, because I think the issue has just been so bad this season, and you, you don't want it to, like I repeat myself, you don't want it to undermine everything you do going forward. Absolutely. Uh, Tarkovsky is another one, isn't he, Aiden, that's out of contract in the, the summer. There's actually some really decent centre-backs around Europe that are, that are coming out of contract, so I wonder if that might be the way that we... Um, try and get some, some value in before we start spending on players, try and get some free transfers in. Uh, is there anyone that you've got your eye on that you think could do a job for Leicester? Uh, in the Irish League? <laughs> yeah, if you like. <laughs> uh, not, not particularly, no, Mark, not particularly. I'll do, do some scouting for, um, for, for next time. I suppose it's always worth looking at teams that are, that are going down um, and picking off um, team, players from, from teams who who are, are going to get relegated. Um, but, you know, it's all right saying that, but at the same, at the same time, they're, they're players who have shipped a lot of goals and stuff. So, you know, I'd say Brendan will have a scouts looking across Europe um, and keeping an eye on, on what's going on. How about you, Tom? Have you got anyone that you think we should be getting in? <laughs> I haven't got a clue anymore, Mark. I mean, <laughs> I know we've kind of been keeping an eye on uh, well, Tarkovsky for a while. Um but I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't really look like anything's going to materialise. We're going to need a central midfielder, aren't we? We're going to need centre-backs. We're probably going to need a winger, I imagine. Um, and you just wonder when the manager comes out saying things like rebuild, that suggests to me it's going to be fairly wide scale. Aaron, just yeah. to go back and uh, finish that point earlier about the head physio, there's a guy called Ed Richmond who has left Crystal Palace's, uh, Crystal Palace. He was their head physio for five and a half years. He's joined Leicester uh, in the last couple of weeks. So to answer your question, that is what's being done. Um, but he can't undone the, undo the bad stuff that's already happened. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at on that. What's your thoughts on that? I, I, I spoke, yeah, look, it's interesting because I think just in anything, and we've said before about sometimes with Rogers, when there's things wrong, you almost want to see something happen about it. There's been a, an acknowledgement that whatever's happened injury-wise is not right. So they've gone and tried to do something about it. Look, obviously we don't know, is this person going to be the saviour and solve anything? But uh, there's been an issue and then they've gone and looked at it. Um, I think just on kind of the questions you threw to everyone else, if I was, well, why wouldn't you just get Tarkovsky and Ben Mee from Burnley? Like in a dream world, you just get both of them. They are, the, the thing that I look at, why I like Burnley 
Um, and sometimes I see that this is where you guys let yourselves down and it ties into that thing from set pieces. Burnley just love defending. I genuinely mm-hmm. think they just enjoy defending. And as a centre-back, I, I love watching that, where I think sometimes Leicester just don't look like they want to defend. They don't, that ball's coming in the, the box. It's not about um, ability. It's almost just mentality. They don't have the hunger to, to get that ball out of the box, to attack the ball, win it first and get rid of it. If you brought both of those in on freeze, well, surely uh, that's a dream. One of They're not going to play together because in an ideal world, you'd have Fafana there anyway, wouldn't you? Um, but even when you look at Burnley, you've got to think, they've. I, I like Dwight McNeil. Could he come and do a job for you out on one of your wings if you're saying you need he a winner? Just, he just wants to sign Burnley. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. No, but they've got <laughs> a couple of decent Burnley. players in there that I think could do a job for you. Dwight McNeil's <laughs> not... He's not a traditional Burnley player, is he? He's got some technical ability about it. If we sign Sorry. all their guys who are good from callers, they can't score against us, can they? That's true, yeah. Until they sign the, ne- <laughs> until they sign the next guys. Uh, the, the only thing about Ben Mee, I, I did look at this the other day. He, he has said that he wants to end his career at Burnley, but Tarkovsky is clearly the one who people are going to be after. I mean, I'm guessing Newcastle yeah. are, are going to be in for him yeah. as well. He's, he's in a great position where he's, he's going to get a decent move this summer. He's going to get paid handsomely for it, so... What is how how much Leicester want to be in that that bidding war? I suppose against Saudi Arabia. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to wind this back in before we uh, close the the show tonight, Tom. I'll, I'll come to you first. What does a good week look like now for Leicester City? Uh, Burnley on Tuesday, Leeds on Saturday. What's what's a good week for us? What do we need? What do we need? Bloody hell. Um... We absolutely just need the points. Uh, I know for the for the rest of these shows, we've, we've all said we want a gritty win. We want to put in a... Um, we want to see a good performance. I'm past caring about the performance now. I just want the points. So. <laughs> what about you, Aidan? Yeah. Is it performance over points or points over... Four. No, it's points, it's points. Uh, no, it's, it's about points, isn't it? Um, and we're coming off the back, you know, coming off the back of that win against Randers, um, as untidy as it was, I think we'll, a good week is four points, you know, for the two games, obviously an excellent week, six points, but I think we should be setting ourselves, get a point at Turf Moor and then go go in front of a, a, a raucous, well, maybe not raucous, a, a loud King Power on, on Saturday, start well, get the crowd behind us Saturday lunchtime and go and beat Leeds United. And they're four points out of six. That's a bit of a springboard into Arsenal and Brentford. And um, Aaron, just to flip this back the other way, if we didn't pick up the points that we needed, is Brendan Rodgers still safe in his job after those two games? Look, we had that debate, was it the last podcast or the podcast before, uh, uh, about how safe he is. And I think the consensus is that he's pretty much safe for other, other reasons than kind of footballing reasons. Um, I suppose the question really is, is do the hierarchy at Leicester genuinely think that you're in a relegation battle? Because if they do, then that might make them make a decision. If they don't feel that that's where you're at, then then I don't see why you'd be going anywhere regardless of kind of what the results of the next two games are. And do you think, Joe, that Leeds might improve now? I know Aidan said that a new manager is not imminent. I believe that Jesse March, who is the uh, manager of Leipzig, is, is likely to take over tomorrow. Um, a new manager balance is real, isn't it? And there is danger for, for us there. We've got to be careful going into that game on Saturday. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously you would, you would love to play them at their haphazard worst, but you know, who knows, really? I mean, Le- Leeds is one of the biggest issues this season is that they've not been able to have Patrick Bamford. And, you know, I, I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think he's going to be back in time for the game. So you know, they've still got that and they've not got Calvin Phillips yet either. So, you know, I think we should still be looking at that game to get three points. You know, I completely agree with Aidan. You know, four, four points from this week is, is, is a good week. You know, anything less is... He's still a little bit concerned, but yeah, you've got to be looking at Leeds and 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 seeing that one as three points uh, to as an opportunity to kind of expose the defence is somehow even worse than ours. I think the status always that they're the first team in Premier League history to score twenty goals in a month to concede twenty goals in a month, which is yeah. quite incredible. They've conceded a sixty this season now, I believe, um, and we're already in February. They the second worst goal difference, haven't they? Yeah, but behind Norwich, I think. You know where to beat us one 0 here, don't you? you know that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I think we need to to start to look to wrap this up tonight. It's been a very very quick hour, and we're going to be sat here next week with Pontus Kamark, the ex Leicester City defender who now works for the Premier League in Sweden. Uh, but for tonight, Joe, thank you so much for for your time. Will you come and join us again at some point this season, maybe? Well, given that I lost the last man standing, then yes, please. I'm you have ready. to. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what try, I'm try and win it. <laughs> yeah, you might be coming back on a lot with that, but let's see. Uh, Aidan, <laughs> thanks very much for, for popping back on as well. It's been a long time. I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Mark. Tom, I'll see you on Saturday for the football. Look forward to having a beer with you. You certainly and Aiden, will. Uh, and Aaron, don't go getting any injuries like these other old folk down below you. <laughs> <laughs> I will try my that's best. It. <laughs> that's it for another episode of It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy we hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll speak to you again next week Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.